Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome into the Friday edition of Prospects in Props, the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft in the books. Night two, just a few short hours away. Jamie and I giving you our immediate reactions to night one here. We had about, you know, a, a good night's slumber to, to, to think about it. I know it was a good night's slumber for Jamie because I slept in later than him, or he slept in later than me, which never happens when we're on a trip together. So I know he's had plenty of time to think about it, plenty of time to, get, to gather his thoughts on winners, losers, Pixie likes, Pixie did like and the best players that are still left available on the board but Jamie I think the thing everybody wants us to start with I think the most burning question that everybody has after night one of the 2023 NFL draft is this Jamie J Eisner's last show on prospects and props because you're cashing out you are retiring it was a big night for you you made hundreds of thousands of dollars and that's it you were done hanging out with me no I uh, well I mean I might be that last part but no I, I did not uh oh, I made money let's talk about this. I made uh three thousand one hundred and four dollars. Sorry, say that. Give me that number one more time. Three thousand one hundred and four. Not a bad night at the office, Jamie. It's not really a bad not a bad night at the night office, at the office. And, and there is a potential for me to win up to two thousand more tonight, depending on the Will Levis scenario. <laughs> and obviously, the Will Levis scenario is a big reason why I'm not sitting here a, a thirty thousand dollar air, um, or I guess a thirty thousand air. Um, well, you were going to lose some of that money because you promised me a Taco Bell spending spree. So. Yeah, sure. So you, you were, yeah, I would have lost. Yeah, but I mean, how much money can you really I spend can, at a Taco Bell? I, you, you would have probably lost like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'd say like, I mean, you have to really try. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, the let's just get right into it. I think sure. the biggest shocker of the night is that we are sitting here on Friday afternoon, and Will Levis does not have an NFL team. He doesn't. Um, I don't think it's going to take super long into tonight for him to have one but Jamie the 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 problem that I have and this was the the last thought I had when going to bed last night and it's been the thought that I've had most time today is I'm having a tough time finding him a spot now because all of the teams that we could consider a spot for him had plenty of opportunity to take him in what we all thought would have been a reasonable range in the first round right we talked about Seattle and Detroit maybe not wanting to take a quarterback inside the top 10 well, then they both passed on a quarterback with their next pick. So are they going to do it here again in the second round? So I, to me, I, again, I know a team's going to take him, and it's more than likely one of the teams that we're talking about. But there's not a team that immediately jumps off the page to me where I go, that's the slam dunk, 100%, no doubt fit. And the reason why I feel that I way too, Jamie, well, hold on, because there were teams that were calling Philadelphia and Kansas City to try to get back into the first round. But they weren't eagerly doing it because they weren't giving up what Kansas City wanted. So if it was for Will Levis, they didn't have the warm and fuzzies about him because they didn't ultimately cave and give up what Kansas City in Philadelphia wanted. So to me, there's kind of this lukewarmness of, okay, we'll go up and get him if he, if we can, but if not, we're good. We'll just sit back and wait. Yeah, I, I think to me that the team that I have pegged is the one that makes the most sense are Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, I know they, you know, we talked about them maybe at 11 taking him. They end up going with, I believe they went with Skaronsky. It's all a blur. Peter Skaronsky uh, was a selection in, in my, number 11. In my head it's one point, of the seven matches that I had yes, in my mind. Yes, it was. And well, I want you to talk about that for a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, Peter Skaronsky goes 11. And, you know, you look at what Tennessee has to do. They don't have to go far uh, if they either if they wait or if they decide to trade up with Pittsburgh, which seems to be the, the scuttlebutt uh, all day today is that teams are, are, are calling the Pittsburgh Steelers, trying to make an offer to get up to the first pick of the second round, which, by the way, this could have been the Bears if they didn't trade for Chase Claypool. But uh, I digress. Uh, I think Tennessee makes a lot of sense. The team that's really interesting now, though, is the team that we had not really considered it. I know what you're going to say. Since the Los Angeles Rams, they can't. Have you Why seen? Can't the, have you seen the dead cap on Stafford after next season? 
I mean, what if Stafford retires medically? I know, but there's a $93 million in dead cap that they have to carry over. Well, they still have to have somebody play quarterback. I understand Real, that. A second-round second rookie contract is going to be cheaper than whoever they would sign. I, I, I think the point I'm making is I think Matthew Stafford is going to be playing for them in 2023 based on the way the contract is No, no, in 2023. Sorry, in 2024. Oh, yes. I, I think based on the way the contract is restructured, he's going to be there. I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough, man. I well, I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough for this year, but we're going to get that answer pretty quickly. And then, we're gonna, and then we'll be able to go from there. The Rams are, I think, the outside dark horse to consider. I do not believe the Raiders will consider it. That's a hunch on my part. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily uh, I don't necessarily think so either. But, I mean, there, there are a lot of potential options now that you get here on, on today, too. Because it, it, who knows? But you also need to consider the players that are still available on the board that maybe teams didn't think were going to be available. Well, and there's, there's a few of those. I mean, Joey, Joey, Porter, Porter, Jr. Joey Porter Jr. is a really Brian good Branch. Brian Branch. All the tight ends not named Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Um, Matthew Bergeron, John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tittman, all those interior guys that we've been talking about, those guys still sit on the board available. So, yes, quarterback's one of the positions that you need more than anything else. But for teams that maybe were wishy-washy on Will in the first place, Michael, I'll just take John Michael Schmitz. I'll just take Josh Downs. I'll just take Joey Porter Jr. I'll take one of these great players that we still think are available. And we talked about this the entire process here, that there weren't a lot of first-round grades. But on this night, on night two, round two, round three, is where the depth and the value really comes into play. And I think you're going to see teams be like, you know what? We're going to stay in our spot. We're going to pick a good player. Yeah. That's where it gets really interesting. You start you start to look at the odds this morning that, uh, you know, I took a look at them and I tweeted them out, you know, at, at Jamie Eisner for those that are, um, you know, interested, you know, just, you know. Wait, I'm supposed to follow you on Twitter? Follow. Uh, right now, the Titans are, are the favorite, followed by the Rams, Raiders, Lions, Bucks are, are all single digits to one. But, man, it, it is tough to find a landing spot because, like you said, and like you t- said to me in the hotel room earlier, um, if you wanted him that bad, you, taken, you wouldn't have passed on him in round one. Or in some of these cases, like if you're the Seattle Seahawks, you wouldn't have passed on him twice in round one. I know. So, like, it is tough to find the spot, but he's going to go somewhere. He's not going undrafted. So he's going somewhere. He's going somewhere in the second round. He's probably going somewhere high in the second round. I just the Tennessee makes the most sense to me because I could see Tennessee being like we're not completely sold on it yet, but we have somebody that's going to play quarterback this year. We really need to fix our offensive line. And but, it, you know, but it, now you're sitting here on day two. You're like, well, if I don't have to do much, like, sure, worth a shot. Yeah, we'll and and, and they were the team that said hey, it was worth a shot in the third round last year on Malik Willis. But the, could that be a deterrent to do that two years in a row and not have a, a player that could immediately impact your team? Maybe. And I mean, and they're vastly different players. Uh, Correct, the, but position, now you're but basically admitting that Malik Willis isn't an answer for you, and then that just is admitting the, a year in that's a waste of the pick. But the wild part is, is that the people in charge now in Tennessee aren't the people in charge last year. And I, I know, yes, Mike Vrabel's still there. Kind of, but yes, I understand yeah, what you're saying. Mike, Mike Vrabel's calling the shots completely now. So maybe Mike Vrabel did not want the Malik Willis. We know he didn't want the A.J. Brown trade based that on for his sure. reaction. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't need uh, much But maybe that. he didn't really want Malik either. And maybe he does. He maybe he is intrigued enough by Will Levis, especially now that he's got uh, you know a top offensive lineman to bring in. So I'm intrigued by that one. All right, let's go here. Let's go here. And I don't know your answer. I know my answer. But and we'll, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pick just one. You're not gonna be able to do the thing where you can have honorable mentions. Okay. okay. Biggest winner from the first round last night. Uh, I, I think it's undoubtedly the Philadelphia Eagles. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Wow. Undoubtedly. Okay. And, and, and yes, Seattle had a nice draft. And that would be the other one for that uh, category for me. But I think Seattle did what they were, we expected them to do. I think the value of what Philadelphia was able to do. They got the best defensive player in the draft. Correct. With, albeit with issues that we're all aware of. As Georgia Eagles. Nine. Uh, and then you got, for me, I think the number three edge rusher in the draft. At 30. At 30. I mocked them there at 10. And 
I Silly just me. to me, I think that is a f- absolutely phenomenal haul by Howie Roseman, and I think it, it is a testament to what they've been able to do. And by the way, we'll talk about this maybe on, on next week's show. I don't want to Galaxy Brain twenty twenty four too well, please, early. Please, please, we right? got two more days. It, it, it is it is a follow up that Monty Austin Fort might be able to, and we'll talk about what's what he can do in Arizona and that pick and all the other stuff. But to me, I think the Eagles are the huge winners here. Okay, uh, I agree with everything you just said there. But in in the interest of good content, in the interest of differing opinions, let's talk about the guy you just mentioned, Monty Austin Fort, because I think the Arizona Cardinals should get a lot more love than I think they are in this process. And I will share my Galaxy Brain idea that I shared with you, Jamie, last night. I shared it on Twitter. I think I shared it on TD and Daily. So it's probably the fourth time I've shared this. Um, But I will share it with you here again, just so I can uh, galaxy brand it out for you. The Arizona Cardinals ended last night with the best offensive lineman in the class, would you say, in Paris Johnson Jr.? Would you agree with that statement? No. You would not agree with that statement. Okay, one of the top two offensive linemen in the class. Yes. Okay, so we got a top... It's close. I, okay. I, I, I think I no, have no, Broderick, all right. I Broderick Jones, but Okay, close, fine, but, but yes. we're splitting hands, but okay, you want to give it to Paris Johnson, uh, to Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson number two. So we got a top two offensive lineman, which we desperately need because the one thing we got to do is protect our $250-plus million quarterback, or $200-plus million quarterback, I should say. So we got to do that. So we get that, but we also get something that I think is the key to all of this because in that trade with Houston that they then would trade it back up with Detroit, do you know what they got, Jamie? Do you know the pick that they got that's very important to all of this? Houston's first round pick next year. They got Houston's first round pick. And you said something to me last night that had me in just a tizzy. You said, there's a pretty good chance that the Arizona Cardinals might have the number one and number two pick next year based on the way things are going to go down. Because Houston, yes, they got their quarterback. Yes, they got Will Anderson. But they got a lot of work to do on the rest of that roster. They've got a bunch more picks to make today, uh, tonight, and they're over the weekend. But they're still a, a couple of years away from being away. So I think it's safe to say it's going to be a top eight pick next year. Yeah, the, the Cardinals are going to have two top ten picks at worst. We're going to have year. two top ten picks. And I'm saying we, because Cardinals fans, I'm going to try to get you excited about what I'm going to say here. We're going to have two top 10 picks. We've got our quarterback. We paid Kyler Murray. That's our guy. We just invested in the offensive line to protect that quarterback with Paris Johnson Jr. being a selection. We're going to have two picks and one of the more dynamic quarterback classes that we've seen in a really long time. We're going to be able to just roll out the red carpet and say, here you go, insert team name. Which quarterback would you like? We, oh, we'll be the bouncer at the gate. We'll just lift up the little red, what's that called? Little red. red um, the red, uh, the velvet rope. The velvet rope. We're going to open that up and we're just going to be like, you're on the list. Check the guest list. You're invited. You're welcomed right in. And we're going to be able to do that twice if yep. we want to. And the example that I use, Jamie, is Sam Presti, the GM for the Oklahoma City Thunder, has been a master at this for the last couple of years. He trades players and picks and gets more players and picks and then takes those picks and turns them into more picks and then takes those players and turns them into more picks. And he is constantly putting himself in a position to have top-end draft capital to uh, to take advantage of any potential situation that comes across for his team. And that is what I think Monty Allison Ford is trying to do. He is trying to do what we've talked about Howie Roseman doing over the last couple of years. He's going to have two draft picks and he doesn't need to make them in the top 10. He can drop down a couple of spots if he want and get picks for next year. And I think we're going to be talking about an Arizona Cardinal team, Jamie. And this might be a little bit of a hot take and you don't want to do the 2024 show until we're done with 2023, but I'm going to take us there for just a second. I think we're going to be talking about the Arizona Cardinals having multiple first round picks for the next two or three drafts. Yeah, I think I, it's I believe very likely. A 100%. And this is a great way to build a team if you're Monty Austin for it. I love this vision and I think they are big winners because because they understand where they are for this season, and I think they understand where they need to be in the future, and I think they hit a home run last night. I think they did as well. And, 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 and I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but the night started poorly. 
They, yes. they they tried they tried to hit a home run and they struck out on three pitches with those tampering um, solving their tampering issues with the Eagles and giving up draft capital and I think they still ended up the night as a big winner so I love this move um, and for for good content's sake I wanted to give them a shout out because you mentioned uh, Philadelphia who should have gotten some love Seattle also should have gotten some love but the Cardinals for me a big winner yeah and I think that let's transition into maybe the big losers uh, okay. of the night and um, Jay. I, yeah, I'll let you start because I won't steal yours. Yeah, it will. Uh, it will McDonald. So, so, so you don't like the pick. You don't like the nickname that Jets Reddit has given him. No, I'm you not. Don't like, you don't like a lot of things no, about I, this. And here's and here's what I don't like about it from a philosophical perspective. I understand why the New York Jets, with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and their philosophy and the Robert Sala defense and the way that they run things, they want multiple pass rushers. They want a pass rush rotation that they're able to move in and out. I mean, this has been a common complaint amongst Jets fans the last couple of years that late in games in the in the third and fourth quarter in key drives they've rotated guys out so Quinn and Williams isn't on the field Carl Lawson isn't on the field but this is what they do they want to keep guys fresh and they want them to be when they are out there they are able to give it 100% that they aren't gas so a rotation has been a big part of what Robert Sala wants to do so from that perspective Jamie I can understand the pick but to me taking Will McDonald at any point in this draft but even more so in the first round, you are basically admitting what's going to happen next year because you're paying Aaron Rodgers a ton of money and you have a little bit of a cap situation on your hands. You're not bringing back Carl Lawson when he's a free agent at the end of the year. You're not bringing back Bryce Huff when he's a free agent at the end of the year. So use use an opportunity when you weren't able to trade down because nobody wanted to move up to address a need down the road. Now that's great. You got to be the coach and GM running the team next year in 2024 when Will McDonald's there. Because I'm here to tell you, Jamie, if they don't make the playoffs this year, guess what? doesn't matter that you took Will McDonald because it's not going to be Joe Douglas's decision. It's not going to be Robert Sala's team if they don't make the playoffs. And so to me, this is a big bet and a big gamble by Joe Douglas and Robert Sala to go all in on the idea that they are going to be the guys leading this charge in 2024 and not investing in a team that needs help. They need an offensive lineman, okay? They need to come away tonight with an offensive lineman with pick 43, in my opinion. They need to come out of this draft with some safety depth. They need to come out of this draft with some linebacker depth. They need to do all of these things. And so to see it be used on a pick that I think is not really going to have an immediate impact in 2023, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Will McDonald absolutely crushes it. And there's a lot of numbers and analytics and, and, and stats that kind of back up the idea that he could be that player. But to me, you made the all-in move by trading for Aaron Rodgers, and then you kind of did a not all-in move with your pick at 15, and it feels like two different competing processes and two different competing philosophies. I'm going to let the entire draft play out before I give this a big F, but so far after night one, not a big fan. All right, so I have to come back and, and pick my losers here. Um, there's there's another team I think that's yeah, an obvious yeah, one. But, yeah, but you know what? I, I, do, I don't want to fall into that trap. Like I don't want to... You don't want to say Tampa Bay and Kalaja Kansi? Oh, I do actually. Yeah, that's the. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other team that everybody wants to to, to crap. The Lions. On. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I think the li- the Lions the evaluation with the Lions. And maybe we'll go here real quick, and then you can talk about Elijah Cansey. But tell me if you disagree with this. I think the Lions need to be evaluated on what they do after tonight. They have three picks still to go tonight, Jamie. Three picks in the second round. They're going to have five top 55 picks when it's all said and done. If they come out of here with everything else that they need, we're going to look at this class and say, oh, the Lions did it again. They, they continue to get good players. I understand the positional value argument, but guess what? Jameer Gibbs, top two running back in this class. They needed pass catching help. They needed somebody at that position. DeAndre Swift, pack the bags, buddy. You ain't going to be there anymore. But DeAndre, uh, Jameer Gibbs, mm-hmm. an impact player for them. Jack Campbell, one of the top two linebackers in this class from a lot of people's considerations. So you got two top players at two top positions. I know the positional 
fundamental value game is a big thing, but this is what Brad Holmes does. This is the kind of GM he wants to be. And so I want to see the process play out before I completely give this a bad grade. Again, if your only argument on this is positional value because you have nothing bad to say about the players, that's where you lose me. Because I think both of these are talented players. And so if if they took a bad player at a position at a bad yes. positional value, I think I could get on board with this being bad. But they took two good players last night. And so I can't necessarily harp on it too much. Yeah, for, for me, actually, my, my pick was good. And, and look, I, I understand and I, th- I feel like they're the low-hanging fruit right now. So I, I don't want to go with them. And I, and I do like the fits. That's the thing that I have a... Tough time because I think Jack Campbell's a great right, fit. He fits what they want to do, and so does Jameer Gibbs. And you're Jameer telling me Ben Johnson's not going to be able to figure out what to do with Jameer Gibbs, especially as a pass catcher, right? So and they're going to need I, I that like for the first guys. six weeks with no Jamison Williams. Which, by the way, if maybe if you listen to the Monday edition of Prospects and Props when we went through Jamie's predictive mock, some guy maybe said, "Oh, what mm. would be a great idea if the Lions took Jameer Gibbs in the first round?" That'd be so, too bad you didn't put it in there. Only well, I didn't put, put in my predictive mock. I would be uh, would be a little bit more happier today than I am. So. I don't get. You're gonna to have to talk to me about this one. I don't get the Klejkansi pick here. So, here's here's the pushback that I would have against naming them a loser. They need literally everything. So any player that they picked would be like good job. So yeah. So if you need literally everything, you want to start with an undersized interior defensive lineman. Well, and that's and that's the thing, right? You're taking a player that is undersized at the position. You're betting on him being a outlier in terms of the the profile, the composition of the player. And oh, by the way, they have a player at this position that is the complete opposite end of the player profile spectrum. So this just feels very weird. And I will tell you, this doesn't feel like something Todd Bowles would do. It feels very weird to me. Yeah, and look, again, I don't dislike the player, and I think there's potential for him to be special even as an outlier. But you pass on the quarterback, you pass on Will Levis, you pass on Hendon Hooker, Mm-hmm. You pass on who else was on the board? I got top edge rushers. You pass on Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith would have been good. Uh, Miles yeah. Murphy would have been Miles good. Miles Murphy was on the board still. Um, you pass on an opportunity to trade back. You pass on opportunity to take a potential starting left tackle for you, an Anton Harrison that might have been able to start for you week one, and you were able to leave Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick. Should take pick. a Mozzie Smith if you wanted to go with that position? Yeah, it's like I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick. I just don't feel like that's the direction I, with all the players still. You know, uh, I know you brought back, you know, some corners, but, like, why not? Deontay Banks. Don Deontay Banks. Who started the slide. Uh, I mean, like, and the Giants are trading up for him. Like, I just feel like there were better players at positions they could have built around. Yeah. Again, I don't don't dislike the player. I just feel like the, with what Tampa needs in the long-term view in mind, I don't really think this is going to move the needle for me. Yeah. Th- this was my other loser outside of the Jets. I think the three teams that you're going to be talking about today, and I think at least going into, into night two of the draft, would be the Jets, the Lions, and the Bucks. I think those are the teams that are going to generate the most uh, kind of agita in that regard. And the winners, I think we mentioned um, the three winners. Let's talk about tonight really quick, Jamie, because I know this is probably going to be a little data for some people who get to it over the weekend, but let's talk about some players um, for for tonight. I mean, I will give you three names of players that I think are going to come off the board super, super early, and I'm very excited to see where they go uh, from a fit perspective. Darnell Washington is one. Yep. Julius Brents is another. Yes. And Brian Branch is the third. Now, yeah. I don't think those my top five players that are still available, I have Joey Porter Jr. in there. I have Will Levis in there as well. But those are three players that immediately jump off the page to me of, man, these guys are still available. There could be a mad dash to get a couple of these guys. And where these guys end up, I think is going to be really fascinating. Yeah, so I mean, aside, I mean, everyone's going to look at the quarterbacks, but I agree with you. I, I think those are the players that I'm really intrigued to see. I'm really intrigued to see somewhere where the interior offensive linemen go. All you know, of those guys are still Steve Avila, Osiris Torrance, John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tipman. I think we could see a little bit of an IOL run in the top. 10 you to 15 picks Jones, around two. Matthew Bergeron available. There are a lot of good players I available. And, and I think this is the money. To me, the, today is going to be the money day. Because I, this, I said in, in TD and Daily Road today, this is my favorite day of the draft. This day in particular. But I think even this year in general, because we talked about this on the show, we had 16 first-round grades on players here at the Draft Network. 
and we had, I believe it was like 34 second round grades and 60 third round grades or something, mm-hmm. something along those lines. So this is the day you're going to get value in rounds two and three. This is the day you're going to get players that you go, wow, that was a really good spot because there were a lot of reaches in round ones, but there were going to be a lot of reaches anyway. This is the day where I think teams that are loading up on picks like the Detroit Lions and like some others can really make some waves today and really add, I, I think guys that can compete to be starters for them early in this season today. I think this is going to be one of the more productive and one of the more high-end day twos in terms of quick turnaround to being a productive player in the NFL that we've seen in recent years. All right, do we want to close and talk about the uh, the huddle report and the predictive mock? Do we want to? I, I'm going to cede my time to you, Chris, because I, I feel like I you deserve some flowers, not Zay flowers, and uh, shout out to the Baltimore Ravens for getting the Lamar Jackson deal done and for and for Zay flowers. By the way, that run of wide receivers, I think all four of those guys fit for all their teams. Yes, lo- Jordan Addison in Minnesota, I love. By the way, first time ever in the NFL draft history, four receivers went back to back to back to back. So we were talking about four quarterbacks. We didn't think about four wide receivers. I know, going Galaxy Brain. Hmm. But Chris, I'm going to put down the mic. I'm going to give you time to, to, to give your soliloquy here because I think you deserve some of your first ever. First ever. And the highest in TD, on, uh, for TDN staff. Uh, yes, I did. I did finish. Um, I believe it is going to end up being tied for 17th um, in the huddle report. And I don't want, I don't like doing the bragging thing. I don't like doing the, um, you know, taking the time and, and you know, doing it. But I do think it's, it, it's a little fun note for us here because we did, we dedicated two shows to it this week. My predictive mock, Jamie's predictive mock and all the work that went into us getting there. Uh, and I did end up finishing tied for 17th. I finished uh, the highest uh, amongst uh, the members of the TDN staff. And so for me in my first run through of that, um, it is something that I am extremely proud of. Um, it is, it is great validation here. And so I do want to at least mention it. And uh, thanks to everybody that listens, that listens to this show because it is partly this show and TDN Daily and all the stuff that I do here uh, that kind of pushed me into uh, doing one this year because I've kind of been behind the scenes doing a lot of things over the last couple of years and haven't really felt uh, the confidence to be able to do one. So being out back in front of things uh, and doing some 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 on-air content instead of doing some producing stuff kind of pushed me in this direction. So uh, thanks to everybody that listens to all the stuff that I do here at TDN uh, because it did push me this year to actually submit one uh, and I couldn't be happier. I, I, I said going into <laughs> the night last night and I laugh about it now because I, I can I can easily remember how I was last night during the during the draft but I was like I just don't want to finish last amongst the group in my first run through right amongst our TDNers I don't want to be uh, the end of the butt end of the joke for an entire year and throughout the draft I could see myself moving up the board and being in the mix and Jamie can attest to this I was freaking out over every pick because I could feel that I was in the mix more than I thought I was going to be so I was rooting hard uh, for every pick but a shout out to our guy you know what I'm going to use the yes. last bit of my time shout out to our guy Sam Teets member of the TDM Premium Discord. I know he's a listener of this show. He tied for the win this year. Had the most matches um, tied with somebody with 10. Uh, had, I think it was like 28 or 29 players uh, ultimately in the in the final uh, run through. But the 45 points that he put together uh, made him the winner. So shout out to him with his 45 points. I only finished six points behind him. And if I would have just put Jameer Gibbs to the Lions, I would have been a little closer. Uh, but that uh, that is all good. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Yes. And, uh, and this I'm going to promise everybody content right now that Jamie doesn't know that I'm going to promise. Monday starts our division draft Recap. Breakdowns. There you go. Good. Use your words. Sweet. I don't know. I was going to say group. Here's the thing. I can't. And I then can't, class. I can't bail you out when I don't know. Class what you're was the say. word I was looking for, but I couldn't get there. And I'm I'm walking around while doing the show. Jamie's yeah, sitting in his chair, I, and I looked at Jamie for help, and Jamie didn't have the help I, for me. I can't me. help you because you I know, didn't tell me I, what this I, was. I understand. That was your whole bit. I, I know. Telling I, me I didn't know what it was. It was a bad bit. I, it was a bad bit that I didn't think out very well. So starting on Monday, we are going to do our division by division draft class breakdown because all the picks will be in. Jamie and I will have the entire day Sunday to kind of go through them together, plane ride to kind of map our thoughts out on Monday, and then so. Starting on Monday, we will have for you 
um, a breakdown uh, of these draft classes. What division we start with, we'll leave that up um, for interpretation here because we don't actually know yet. So that's what you can start to expect throughout the week, and I think that'll be a fun way to kick off uh, the post-draft. Uh, and then it's the 2024 class. It begins very, very quickly right after that. So uh, I would just want to say thanks to everybody who consumed all of the stuff that we did on night one. Jamie's got his finger up. I yeah, was hold on. Before, before you sign off and get, all mushy, nice and get all mushy and do all that happy horse shit. Let's uh, now I have to put the e tag on. Yeah, the show. reminder for everybody uh, that immediately once the draft ends, I will tell you to go to draftnetwork.com and you will see a way too early 2024 NFL mock draft put together by uh, our very own DP Damian Parson and Key Sanchez. You will see a Damian Parson top 50 players for the 2024 class, and you will also see Ryan Fowler's top 230 for the class we will flip the switch right away Insane. obviously we'll still have plenty of coverage of what your team did in the draft all the fun stuff but if you really want to be a total draft degen we're gonna have a lot of people and a lot of names for you to peruse over for 2024 yeah and i just want to say thanks to everybody who consumed any of our content on night one and that's going to continue to consume our, consume our content throughout the weekend um the premium live watch alongs were great uh, you guys consuming these shows has been great the live stuff we've done on youtube all the social content that we've posted on twitter and instagram i just want to say thanks to everybody uh, it means the world to us that of all the places that you would pick uh, to consume content for draft week that, it, that you hang out with us and you enjoy the banter and everything like that so i just wanted to say thanks to close out the week here uh enjoy night two tonight uh, the rounds two and three enjoy all all of the stuff on Saturday, the festivities, and you guys know the drill. We'll be back on Monday beginning our breakdown of it all, so it should be a lot of fun. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of the draft, and we'll talk to you all on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.